All right, all right, Phil, my man, you're back. I'm back. Feels good, brother. The Great Heavy Music Podcast, another episode. Phil, can you say yeah. hello to our adoring fans? Hello, adoring and not so adoring fans. If you're listening for whatever reason and with whatever, whatever level of enthusiasm you have, we're still glad to have you listen to us ramble on about music. That's true. You know, even if they're just dipping a toe in, I welcome them. Exactly. Well, brother, so, listen, you know what this show is? This is a show where we review great releases that have been post-2000 of the heavy genre. You give me an album to review, I give you an album to review, and then we come together, we talk about it, see whose album was better, see what we thought about it. I love doing this show with you. This week, I am reviewing, I hope the pronunciation is correct, Mar de Noms by A Perfect Circle, and you have Dracula, Swing of Death by... Jorn Land and Tron Holter, two completely opposite offerings. But before we get into that, we usually connect. We usually do a That's So Metal. We have a little routine here. So how about this? Tell me what's going on in your life, big guy. Well, you know, we're um, just working. We're going to try to put a fence in soon, so that's exciting. Uh, in the backyard. You what know, color, home life what color will the fence be? I'm not sure yet. We're going to see. We're still doing, the, still doing the permit, estimates and all. Kind of just bullshit our way through the estimate because you have to just come up with something when you ask for the permit. So that's a 5000 Who knows? Um, but, but we'll see about all that. But I'm just excited because I'm, I don't know. You just you feel like you have actual property when you put a fence in. You're a homeowner now. And the, uh, yeah, and the classic private property sign. That's a oof. You got to love it. Do you have a dog so you can put off. a can you put a beware of dog sign or do you not have a dog? We have tons of dogs. We got like three big old hounds. So is that what you're trying to do? Trying to put a fence around and keep the dogs in or some sort of animal out? Keep them in because we have these like big leashes that we put them on like a real long but pain in the ass and they get wrapped around shit all the time. Yeah, so. dogs, dogs are dumb. Well, they are. Uh, they like to run under the deck and Fucking like I love when they come down the steps. They come all the way around the deck. This thing is long enough for this. They can come back in through the other side of the deck, and they can make it to the steps to get back up, but no further. And the only way to redirect them is to go around and literally pull them under the deck, or take it out. Either way, you're gonna hook them. Either way, you have to like pull the whole thing through the deck. It's such a fucking bitch. And when they do that, I'm like, you stupid. I mean, I love, I have a love hate relationship with animals. So I'm like, you fucking idiot that i love sweet face <laughs> get your big dumb face over here um, yeah you know they just can never figure out untangling they don't understand the concept of rewind let me retrace right. my steps back to how i got to this predicament they cannot figure that out no they just forcefully go further like nah I'm just not gonna keep trying harder which is a pretty human thing if you think about it actually <laughs> oh yeah no exactly i mean we've mastered the art of getting out of simple things but we you know when it comes to like our emotions and the kind of relationships we're in as people we do the same shit exactly i'm gonna just go harder into the fucking bad decisions exactly right exactly (laughs) double down yeah i'm going full circle but um well anywho that's going on since you are usually our uh, resident medical expert do you have a that's so metal segment related to the medical community because you mentioned something to me earlier this week that i really think our listeners need to know about all right yeah, I, I like we did have a discussion about whether that this constitutes being a metal, but you'll explain. I guess, I'll let you do the explanation as to why this is metal, but I'll tell the story. Yes, please. The um, uh, so every you always hear about the classic story where something is up somebody's ass at the ER, 
usually it's a dildo and they usually say oh it's you know it was an accident right and that's pretty much what we had except this wasn't a dildo this pretty old man uh i want to say 70s i mean old for this you know uh comes into the yard with a big rubber ball like a ball for a dog up his ass how how big though and how old so I think he's like upper seventies, and I uh, and the ball is probably the size of a baseball. What? It's probably clo- it's pretty close to that. Yeah, it's not probably not quite as big, but close. And it's a big white ball that you, it's like for dogs to fetch. I don't really know exactly what it felt like. So it's it's but, uh, more, it's actually for sure larger than a golf ball because I thought. Um, oh yeah. First yeah. hearing this story, mm-hmm. I was thinking like a golf ball is just a little, just a little like that, just mm-hmm. fell in the hole. No. No, this thing, he had to work pretty hard to get it up his ass, probably. <laughs> and and his story was that he, this is, I, I can't, I mean, there are no good stories. There are, there's nothing convincing. But this is so poor that I'm like, I'm surprised he couldn't come up with a better attempt. But he basically said that he had whatever his butt was itching, I don't know. And he put a bunch of Preparation H on his ass, so it was all nice and greased up. And he happened to be playing with his dog, I guess, pantsless. And he was playing fetch. And then the ball rolled back. And I guess he he said he fell on top of the ball. And it went whoop right up his ass. And that's yeah, exactly. So um, The whole room looks no, around as he tells that story. And they're just like. Yeah. Hmm. Like, <laughs> we, we all know that, like, if you want a situation, like, come on, buddy. You know that we know. There's no chance that's true at all. I know you feel like you have to make an attempt, you know, <laughs> but but do you? Why not just come in and say, look, I'm into some weird shit and so it didn't work out, you know? <laughs> right. And now I'm really, I really need your help. Yeah, exactly. Then I'd be like, okay. But here's the thing that's crazy um, or the crazier part about it is that he had to have like surgery and they were trying to pull it. They, I guess surgical tongs. They're trying to pull it out of his ass and if they couldn't get it, so they had to they had to open him up from the in from the front and like push it while someone was pulling with tongs and uh the surgical pa was there he said it plopped out and it fell into the floor which of course right um could you imagine just a, a, like an ass juice bowel covered like rubber ball bouncing across the surgical from an floor. 80 year old man but <laughs> there's just silence in the room and then all of a sudden <laughs> god i hope that's what the sound made but he had to have a colostomy bag and everything after that like it really fucked with him so he's uh, forever gonna be shitting into a bag because of that i don't know about forever but because they can reverse them and stuff but uh he's pretty old to be having to deal with that what? so that's fucked up the sound in this guy's head when he's like enjoying it then all of a sudden it won't come out <laughs> <laughs> And then he looks at the camera. He's like, you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty metal from my opinion, from a, a number of perspectives. It's metal that you walk into work one day and you just have, all right, what's on deck? Old man with rubber ball on his asshole. Got to just shove it out from the front and suck it out from the back. Just regular day oh, yeah. at the office. Well, that's the thing. We've, I've always heard about that story, that kind of story. That's a classic ER story. I've never come across it personally and so i kind of just thought it was a myth but it's it does happen and i'm kind of glad it's like, it feels like a rite of passage you know i mean i hope i hope he's able to ship correctly at some point in the near future because i you know he didn't do anything wrong 
I mean, Except like shoving weird. a ball in an a- in an ass like that's yeah, I mean, but wrong. like morally, it was wrong. <laughs> it was just it is his ass and his ball, I suppose. Yeah, but so I don't know if he deserves to not shit right forever. But it was also one of those, you know, the old saying: play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You play butthole games, <laughs> <laughs> you get butthole prizes. <laughs> so I have never heard that saying in my life, and I'm so glad you just shared that with me. I've never heard play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Oh, you never heard that? Oh, it's a, it's a great saying. It's so oh god, that's like the fucking motto for the ER. Some of the shit people come in with. Um. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a metal story. Uh, I love it. It was just God. I really hope it plopped out. I hope it bounced all over the fucking. <laughs> like, I hope it rolled under something and you had to like reach down and get it. You know, like under a cart, and you're like someone's trying to like swat at it or like fish out a fucking ass ball. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get the glove on. Yeah, somebody go get it. Yeah. All right. Roll under the. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. And I, I will tell you, I am ready to get into uh, this album review now that we've done our That's So Metal segment. But I really hope I win the Rock, Paper, Scissors because I desperately want to pick which one of us goes first. So are you ready? Do I need to give you a category? I don't have anything planned, but I can think of something. Uh, well, yeah, let's stick with categories. Think of something. All right. I'm going to say any sort of... Anything a gardener would have at his or her home. A, a casual gardener, not an industrial gardener. Just a regular person who has a desire to garden. Um, okay. You got something? Yeah. Rock. Paper. Rock. Paper. Scissors. Scissors. Shoot. Shoot. Any Anything you want to do. Want do head, head trippers. trippers what oh, oh man first time all right wow that's never happened mulligan okay. rock okay. rock paper paper scissors scissors shoot shoot any any thing thing you want you want to do do spade shovel i was gonna say those clippers that like you hold with your hands and you squeeze them i don't even know what they're fucking called i don't just tree branch cutters or something yeah like a tree trimmer uh, yeah because yeah, you and i were both talking about the ones you plug in that like and they yeah that weird fucking design yes like, yes okay. all right yes yeah. that's what i was thinking the first time this time now i'm talking about where you squ- garden shears big garden shears what i'm talking about uh okay yeah and what uh, what do you have a shovel i have a classic spade shovel i think if somebody were wielding either one of those and it just they had to go at each other kind of like autonomously i think the shovel would be able to bash and destroy the shears i don't think the shears would damage the shovel but you could throw in theory the shears like a fucking <laughs> right but at <laughs> like the sh- but even if they hit like the shovel ass. dead on it wouldn't damage the shovel i think the shovel would remain i think the shovel would outlast the shears in destructibility oh okay um yeah i was thinking like two people fighting one had one of each weapon oh okay well if that was what you're picturing i think the shears guy would dominate because he can he has he could the thing is if he misses if you deflect it with the shovel then he's got nothing you never let loose the weapon you can't just chuck it and pray then it's unless unless it's a hundred percent guaranteed i'm gonna kill this guy instantly but that's with shears you better be a fucking ninja. <laughs> you better be the world champion of dart throwing or whatever the fuck it would yeah, be. Like axe axe throwing. throwing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, so, so will you defer to me then and say that it was me who won so I can pick? Yeah, just because you have such a boner about picking. God, yeah. I'm so excited. I love you. All right. You're, you're going to first review Dracula Swing of Death because 
first of all, I want to hear what you have to say about it, and I want to listen to it while you're talking. I'm gonna Dracula, I'm gonna, I'm, sex swing of death. Exactly right. Fuck yeah, I love this album, man. All right, I have my notes written down on a notepad on this, so I will be looking at it while we're talking. Since we're um, on an audio medium, I don't think anyone would ever know or care until you said that. Um, fine, that's true. Well, I like to be perfectly candid with our listeners. Well, then they should know that you're wearing a sick-ass Children of Bodom tee. Well, that's true. God, I love this. This is a, such a great purchase. Seriously. You know, I keep thinking about when I was like, I wore that amorphous shirt. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about old amorphous. <laughs> and he just fucking looked at me like, you fucking moron. <laughs> but then I I did, though. Like, I, I don't know why I even said that, because I definitely listened to Tales from a Thousand Lakes. Anyway. All right. So let's get into this Sex Swing album here. A sex Swing of Death, Dracula. First track, Hands of Your God by Jorn Land and Han Trolter. Han does the right. uh, guitars and Jorn sings like an angel. Uh, yeah, that guy, is a, he's a great singer. This song, so when I, this song is like, it sets the tone. It's, it's pretty corny. Like, I, I think it's funny that you said, when you recommended Theocracy to me, uh, and you're like, oh, this is cheese, penis, power metal. And I was like... Uh, and I was ready for it to be, and it really, I didn't think it was. This is. This is like, how did you not give me that disclaimer when it came to this album? So, Cheesiest. God. This song, um, it's good. It's a tone, like I said, a tone setter. It's kind of serious, but it, I kind of don't really listen to it that much. But I I feel like me saying, talking about this song is going to belie my feelings for the album as a whole. Because I think this song is okay. It's not... It's not great. It's not something I ever go back to. But I, as a whole, I think this is a great, great album. It's so corny and indefensibly cheesy at times when it comes to the lyrics and sound effects. But um, but it really is well done. It reminds me a lot of, I don't know if, I don't, everyone knows Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Chris Steven Sarajevo, but I don't know if you ever listen to them Um like as a whole, listen to a whole album from them. They they do things like this. They 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 do an album called Beethoven's Last Night, and it's really cheesy and but really well done. It reminds me of that, but if you mix it with like with I guess like like Dio, Ronnie James Dio, I think would be the best way to put it. So anyway, decent song. I want let's move on to the second one. Just blah, right to the second one. Let's do it. Walking. Let's get Walking on Water, track two. Yeah, let's get it, man. Because um, so this song is so legit. Um, I think there's so many things that re- it reminds me of when he's saying. Obviously, it's an '80s, it's got an '80s rock vibe, new wave of British heavy metal, a little bit of hair metal. He sounds so out of time. He sounds so from the '80s. Um, but the riffs are great. Yep. I love that. There's so much layering in the guitar work. So much. Um, and I love the way it's released and disengaged. It reminds me of CKY. Like, disengaged. That's yep. exactly how that guy would hit that note. Um, uh, obviously, this, when he sings Walking in Water is really good. Um, oh, yeah. Uncovering Holy Ground. That's another great uh, additional hook. Because this, and that, I think that's a good um, introduction to the rest of the album with how many hooks they put in here, how many different extra parts they put in just to make the song 
that much catchier. Every song has so much going on. And it's, it just keeps you interested. You can't possibly get bored. Uh, so like, yeah, that, and I think that's reflected really well in this song. Um, but this guy's voice is great, man. When he says water, the way he says water is such a great fucking part. Um, did you, it's a little corny. Did, did you yeah. know Jorn's, I guess, or Jorn, I, I'd love to get this guy on the show because he's my one of my top two favorite singers in all of metal. But did you know much of him before I gave you this? Like, did you know how epic his voice was? I remember one time you recommended something from him. You're like, this is my favorite singer ever. And it was like on, I want to say the group chat, or it might have just been to me directly. And I remember thinking like, hey, it was pretty good. But I mean, I don't know if I'm as bonerific about it as you are. I don't think anybody could but be. I, but I hadn't, you also have to keep in mind that you know, oftentimes those opinions are formed when you listen to a whole album or a, you know, a, a career work for someone. Yeah. And then one song isn't really going to do justice to the totality of their talent. So, you know, it's one of those, like if I, if I threw a, one Dream Theater song, you know, if I was like, James LaFree's my favorite singer, you'd be like, this guy's really good. You know, you're not going to get the all of his range per se. Right. So anyway, so since you yeah. now have had an opportunity to hear a full album with Jorn or Yorn, do you at least understand why I love this guy so much? Yeah, he does a um, he has a he has a mix of grit and that that sort of high pitch '80s style that I think uh, really requires a lot of range to pull off. I mean, he sounds, you can put him up there with any singer from back in the day, any fucking one, yeah. You know. Keep saying Dio, I think he would compare to Dio really well. Yeah. You know? uh, Dio's great, but, um, or was great. But anyway, so, okay, I want to get back on the song because, um, so there's the dual guitars. And there's a part that I can't, yeah, this. Um, it kind of starts to sound like, God, I wish I could get to the part where it's like, it sounds like Pocahontas at one point. Um, it reminds me of that song, Colors of the Wind, which is such a silly thing. But, um, the, they, I guess that's a testament to how many different hooks and notes and chords they throw into every song. Uh, every song's a journey, a mini journey. Anyway, it's a great song. Not a top three of mine, but definitely a strong, strong song. So if you want to jump into, I think Swing of Death is next. Hold on a second. Title track alert. Wait a second. We need to do our uh, little okay. sound here. Hold on a second. I gotta find it. Title track alert. Swing of Death. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. So it has a retro static and maybe like a 20s uh poker lounge kind of vibe right uh, i love that it sounds like a crackling old record playing yeah exactly um it uh almost like a, or like a silent film or something um which is cool it gives it a classic feel even though the stuff they're talking about predates that shit by <laughs> hundreds of years yeah but you haven't even um, you haven't even mentioned that yet tell the listeners i mean this is a concept album about dracula it's yeah, it's a classic take on Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's a reimagining of it. He's seducing a bride. He wants a bride. Uh, the woman's reluctant and doesn't want to be that bride. He turns her anyway, and um, it's beautiful. Um, she there's a woman singer on here, 
that is so good, compliments him so well. Totally. Um, I don't know if she's a regular uh, guest on his in his work, but she is killing it. And um, she like uh, they do a lot of switching on and off, where he'll do a, he'll do a verse, she'll do a verse, and they complement each other really well. You would think they've been together for a long time. Um, but uh, anyway, she does a great job. I think her name is Lena. Lena Borison. Not sure where she's from, or, or what's what band she's from. But she she fucking kills it. Um, but anyway, so yes, she plays the part of the bride, and he's seducing her. And there's a lot of corny stuff like how he's gonna suck her blood, and and there's actually a sound effect in one of the songs where he's draining her blood. <laughs> it's just like ah, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. But Anyway, this song's really good. Uh, it's almost in my top three because it's a little silly and all, but then, God, the, the, the chorus where they say Dance of Fools, it sounds like, it's so celebratory, but it sounds like something from the 50s to me. It's like a doo-wop, kind of pretty, um, authentically soulful kind of vibe. And um, love it. Just a really pretty, pretty song. And then it has a great um, solo towards the end. Um, and then when he says, but then that's where Danny goes, together you and me will fly high and hunt for prey. And he's the way he sings prey. <laughs> and every once in a while he throws a little bit of extra shit in there where you're like, I, I don't think, I think we understood the gist without you going, by the way, I'm definitely a vampire. I'm turning her into one. We get it. You're a vampire. You're Dracula. Just in case you didn't catch on to what I was singing about, but um, really, really, it's just such a fun song, fun song, a fun album. Uh, this is the most fun song probably on the album, but yeah, just it doesn't take itself seriously, but it's so well done, and I love things like that, right? Like, obviously, there's a lot of craftsmanship put into this song. Um, it's a little avant-garde with the approach, the the staticky loungy song, uh, you know, uh, music. Um, but it, it, it's really well done, but it's also a little tongue in cheek. And I, I think that's, it's a hard balance to, um, to, uh, create, but they did. So great song. Love um, it. The next song, Masquerade Ball. This one doesn't blow me away, but it's a good, um, this this one has my absolute favorite part of the entire album. Do you want to guess what it is? There's a man when the mandolin does like a flamenco sound no. towards the end. The way yeah. that he screams, "The smell of your perfume." Do you remember that? Oh part? yeah, yeah. This, Send shivers down the spine. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite part. Down my rotten spine. <laughs> the smell of your perfume. It's just so <laughs> you're like God. I love this guy so much. Did you? ever pull off those lines with a straight face that's what i love so much he like uh he really dedicated himself to this to these lyrics and you gotta when you're singing about something this kind of silly or these you really gotta you gotta commit you know you gotta get you like i'm dead serious about this shit and um it takes balls man and you it, you gotta pull it off it's kind of like if you were going to be like in a play and you were going to play some zany character and you just had to fucking own it. Yep. It was either going to be it was either going to be terrible or great and it is completely dependent on how fucking much you tried. Yep. You know, full commitment, bro. Uh, which is kind of everything, but yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. 
I love how he goes, Rotten Spine. Here it is, here Just... it is. Yeah. You just can't go wrong with Jorn, dude. He is a fucking musical hero. I love this guy. Listen to this. Some of my favorite shit in this album is just him making sounds. They're not words. They're just sounds. Yeah, um, and I, I love the melody. Da, 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 da. It's good layering. Um, I think this is one of my favorites on here just because of the vocal performance. This is a song where you really, he just stands out where you're like, God, this guy's got so much talent. Well, yes, he does it. Um, I don't think it has as much to offer song-wise, that's uh, kind of vocals, as some of the other songs, but it is definitely good. Um, but if I had to, if I was gonna run through this album, pick a couple to listen to, I wouldn't go to this one first, but I get why you love it. Got it, okay, well, uh, unless you have something specific about this one, wanna jump to the next one? Yeah, we can go to Rivers, River of Tears, I believe is next. I have Save Me next. Oh, save me, excuse me. Save me snacks. Save me, please. Yes. Actually, my notes for save me, um, I think it is a, oh, it's a great song, but I think it's a little, I wish River of Tears were placed next instead of save me, although it messed the plot up, because I think Masquerade Ball is kind of, kind of soft, and save me is too. I think River of Tears is a little bit more grit, and I think it would be a little, it would be, a little contrasted better with uh, Masquerade Ball. But anyway, I digress. The actual song saved me. Um, good opening. Sounds a little bit like later Camelot to me. Um, they have great screeches in the riff. When the, the way the lady comes in and they do the little switch off is, a, is really well done. They do that a couple times in this album and it's, it's just great. Those two together are awesome. Um, wonderful chorus, wonderful chorus. That does have so many good choruses, and um, this is a standout, even amongst the other group, uh, really strong ones. Um, it sounds, it, it reminds you that this is kind of a, like a play. This is an opera. I would know? totally go to see this if this was put on with like an actual performance, of, you know, performance. Yeah. Like this, it's so pretty, man. It's just, um, it's soulful. I just love it. Uh, as, as soon as I heard that chorus, I was like, oh man, this is a great song. And I, you know, you find yourself singing it all the time. Totally. Um, but I said, yeah, a little soft, would flow a little better if River Tears was after Masquerade, though, and I probably messed up the plot. What are this part right here? It's kind of like piano dancing. Right. Just die a little before you yeah. She does say, Take your big bad breath and disappear. I had to laugh at that, but um, but I also love the line. Yeah, like the line he just said: "Die a little bit, free, live forever." And he puts so much emotion into those lines. So this is a strong song. I don't think it's in my top three, but it is definitely legit. Beautiful chorus. I'm not gonna stop saying that because fucking love it. Um, Want to go to River of Tears? Yeah, buddy. 
track number six, River Tears, coming up. This is the heavier guitar riff that you're talking about. It's exactly. a little more grit exactly. to it. Yep. Yes. This is fucking 80s metal, um, solid chugging. Bum, 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 bam. Um, I fucking love this chorus. Um, it's got, it's intense. She's singing it too. It's a little heavier from her, which I like a lot. Uh, this is definitely a top three song for me. For sure. Uh, right? Yep. In fact, I think um, this would probably, originally when I said, I think I can guess which song you probably came out to the most, I, I was probably totally off one. I was originally going to say Queen of the Dead, but this one would be one that I think you probably play yeah. all the time. This one's probably my number one. This one or Masquerade Ball. Okay, right. Just, God, it's such an energy. Yep. Um, uh, like the only thing is I think um, there's a, the solos are so good in the song. God. There's a cool distortion part with a at the end kind of reminds me of Rain World I kind of think they should have ended the song at that part there's another like 40 seconds after that that is fine it kind of I think it repeats the chorus and it's you know it's good but I think I would have ended at the distortion part it threw a little bit of extra in there I mean didn't think it needed it but other than that great song God, I was just I'm pausing every once in a while to listen to the chorus as it's playing because <laughs> um, it's just like it's so good I, do that. Yeah, yeah. I do that every once in a while like as I've been talking about this there's probably some pretty um, ill-timed pauses and I just try to listen to the song <laughs> I'm like yeah so this song and then I just stop and start um, that's not that's not in bad internet connection that's just me being selfish and trying to listen to this song, you know, I'm supposed to be talking about it on a podcast. But uh, <laughs> it's just entrancing. The guy's voice, the yeah. whole like, the whole energy and the aura of it. It's playful, but it's so cool. I just, I can't tell you how much I love this album. I think it's unquestionably a great album, top to bottom. I listen to it through every time. Definitely. You wake um, up, you'll be dead. <laughs> That's such a cool line. Yep. So, okay, that's top three. Next, one, with next one we got is Queen of the Dead. Queen of the Dead. So it's a great song, eerie opening. I'm glad they mixed some of the ambience and heaviness here. Yep, with um, the bell, the bell tower. This is this is my favorite song on the album. Wow, good one. Because uh, I think it has the most offer. I think it's got a little bit of softness. It's really heavy. It has a silly little prancy part at the end. That kind of incorporates some of the older, some of the other songs that we were talking about earlier about being a little silly, a little tongue in cheek. I think it has legit everything. It encapsulate, encapsulates the album. And this song, totally. this song, probably best of all of them, encapsulates that kind of baroque style musical feel where it fits perfectly with the era. Yes. You know? Yeah, like like right now. Uh, exactly. It's exactly right. And uh, God, just <laughs> where he says, uh, "Blue eyed dream." <laughs> just the way, and where he says, "Just for a while." Yep. I, I don't know if that's just something he wrote, or if he just. I feel like that's something I can see him going, just off script and doing. 
<laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> like, let's roll with it. Uh, Queen of the Dam, great. The chorus is so good. So, obviously, the way he sings Queen of the Dam is great, but when he goes, there's no there's no way to erase or re And he goes, rewind it. That's another part that sounds like CKY. It's the first thing I thought of when I heard, rewind it. It sounded like CKY. Uh, I, I just, I love the way he emphasizes uh, certain words. I don't know if that's just um, something he normally does or what, but whatever. Great fucking chorus. And so, um, oh yeah, we go, let this unstoppable sin make you stronger within. I think that is a little, that's kind of heartfelt and a little um, vulnerable. Let this unstoppable sin. Great delivery. Um, that pranty part is so fun. And then there's an absolutely wonderful solo. And then it kind of ends on a distorted part. And I was like, oh, it's almost like they went back and listened to River Tears. Like, we should have ended it here. And they were like, well, we'll just do it on Queen of the Day. <laughs> um, but, uh, God, it, I always forget about that that part towards the end where it goes. Like, it's almost like you're dancing. Remember um, Devin Townsend Band, that fucking ridiculous music video where he's dancing around in the devil costume? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I think of. And just prancing around in in a fucking costume. I always forget that that's going to come on. Then when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, this song is so fun. It, um, yeah, it's like six minutes, but it feels like two minutes. Right. This, um, this is the guitar solo here you're talking about, where you just shred. Tron is shredding. Oh, God, yes. Finger picking and all that right here. Just yep. killing it. This album has everything. Yep, it, it's a really good groove with the bigger chords, but then the, the, the shred like crazy. Yep. So that's it's just my favorite song. It's it's my go-to. This and River of Tears are my two big go-tos. Um, okay, we'll go to Into the Dark. All right. Um, I'm gonna let it play for a sec. A great opening riff here, buddy. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, almost reminds me of like Barracuda or something. Yeah. But um, bum 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 bum. Okay, so um. This song is a little more straightforward than Queen of the Dead. Yeah, it's only it's another three minutes and yeah. 33 seconds, too. It's a quick hitter. Yes, this is another song where they switch verses, like they did with the song Save Me. Um, it's got a strong chorus. Um, I think it's... I think it works well, because they don't try to do epic long song and then epic long. It's. I like the idea of having a quick hitter after a big one you know i think it's smart yep because you run the risk of just exhausting the listener exactly that so never, it, it is for nothing yeah. you know not for nothing that never happens to me like when i listen to this album i never get to a place where i'm like ah, i'm kind of bored now never it always just right. keeps rolling right to where i want to go and then it's over i'm like god i love that cd right and, and she and, and i i always i want to emphasize again this this lady this singer she has such a powerful voice, and she can hang so well. It's such a good job incorporating her own style. And so she nails this chorus, does a great job. And um, But yes, quick hitter, straightforward, catchy, nice. Not a top three, but nothing wrong with the song. And yes, keeps you uh, keeps the momentum going, You know, keeps you interested. Let's jump so, into I mean, True Love Through Blood then, the instrumental, second to last, the penultimate. Okay, yeah, I love a, 
I love a good instrumental. I know you're not, you're not huge on, well, at least it seemed like you were saying that when I was being on Boner about the scale of the summit. But, um, you know, I don't, doesn't sound like you're huge in instrumentals, but I, I love them. Well, I, I, I would, di I would yeah. differ and clarify. I love a well-placed instrumental within an album that has vocals, but I'm very reluctant to really love a band that does not sing. Oh, okay. So, so you, you hate instrumentals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, saying, no, it's like yeah. saying, oh, I, it's interesting that you like parsley. Would you like an entire meal of parsley? No, I wouldn't. I'd like to see the parsley on my plate when I eat the steak and the potato and the you know cheese over here. The parsley. That's way too, way too many vegetables. Right. Parsley. Exactly. Just give me a plate of parsley. No thanks. Not a cow. Um, yeah. What is that? Um, from Parks and Rec, he's like, would you like a salad? Salad? And he's like, well, because I'm not a rabbit. No, but not. <laughs> plate of parsley. So anyway, this song, um, really good instrumental, man. Um, bum, 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 bum. It's got this like um, so. It goes. It's like a um, perfect fucking '80s song. Yeah, I mean, I swear to God, it's like I heard it before. It's like I heard it. It's I don't know who did it. It's like an amalgamation of a bunch of fucking Ozzy and I don't even know who else. Rain like, um, Rainbow. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's just. Pink, uh, it's so. What's the, who sings "Smoke on the Water"? Yeah, yeah, Deep Purple. Deep Purple, yeah, uh, exactly. It's all that shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just this perfect fucking mix of these things. It's it's new, but it sounds familiar, you know. Yep. Um, that part right here. Oh, it's so cool. So groovy, man. Such a groove. Anyway, um, solid, solid instrumental. I like it a lot. And um, there's one more thing I was gonna say about it. Oh, at the end, I have. I can never do the song "These Parts of Justice" where it goes later goes blam, 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 <laughs> but it's full of great uh, grooves and great shredding towards the end, and it's overall a great instrumental. I really like this song a lot. Don't skip it. Then, um, then since you love it, let's go to "Under the Gun" and wrap out the album. All right, "Under the Gun." <laughs> there were specific things I wanted to say about "Under the Gun," so I have. Uh, a good, desperate-sounding main riff. The female comes in, um, and they switch off again, verse, verse, with a good melody, another strong chorus. But in this chorus, it seems like they switch off lead lines. So um, she has her line, then he'll go, this line is an endless, endless highway, you know, or life, as the support song. And then he, and then she, he does the main, the main chorus line, and then she does the support line, and then, and then, yeah, and the next verse, the part she goes, um, there'll still be a light that's burning, but he, he does it the second time, and so basically they switch roles. They don't just switch verse, verse. They switch roles in the actual, in the verse and in the chorus. So I think it's really intricate. Isn't this a great? Isn't this a great ender though? It just it leaves you out on such a high note where you're like, damn, that really was a great album. Yep. Um, and then yeah, eventually that chorus comes in with a higher pitch, and it has a dreamy wind chime sound at the end, like a fairy tale. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good ender. Um, I like how it's just like I was curious. 
plot-wise about ending the whole thing on being under the gun. There's not really a resolution in the song or in the plot. I guess there really wasn't a draft one. But, um, you know, they just the song ends with them being under the gun. They went the wrong way. That's it. That's their life. That's the happily ever after. Right. They're going to run. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Cool, I guess. Because uh, it didn't work good out. Good luck. Right. Well, I, well or work maybe for that. I guess they're both running away, and maybe it's going to work out for them. They can hide. But um, anyway, great ender. So my, it's, it's hard for me. I want to put it in my top three, but I also think I have to go with Swing of Death. Um, so uh, Swing of Death, River of Tears, and Queen of the Dead are my top three. Um, fucking awesome album. I really wanted to shit on it just to be like, because it was so silly. But then um, yeah, I just kept listening to it, and I was like, well, this is actually really good. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to shit on it. It is a great album. Uh, Cody was into it. She was. She overheard me uh, playing it, and she, I played in the car on the way to work when we were driving. She fucking thinks it's a legit album. It really is, though, because Jorn's voice is beautiful. Tron's shredding is dynamic. The girl singing is incredible. And this, for me, is an album that, like, if you had somebody who was into the arts and into theater and into kind of drama and, and performance and stuff, you could totally play this and tell this tell them this is like a soundtrack to uh, a performance. And they would be like, wow, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has so much soul to it. Yes. And, That's true. And it's an example of why metal is the best genre by far in my mind, because there's so much variation. From this to when we talk to Jacob from Kavan, and it's just slaying just right in your face, or Nagelfar or something like that. It's all metal, but it's all got so much variety. There's so much dyna- dynamism between all these different uh, you know, types of Absolutely, genres. Absolutely, yeah. The genre's so varied. Uh, I mean, there's... It, it's it's hard to even I mean that there's so many fucking subgenres and categories you can't even you can't go wrong. That's right, that's right. I want to say too the just to re- reemphasize the lady who's singing on this is named Lena Bloikman Borison. And also there is a Japanese edition bonus track this album where it has Hands of Your God in an acoustic version. Um, but yeah, okay, let's see. So this Lena lady, I'm just curious, Lena Bloikman. What else is she in? She's a guest on a lot of things. Uh, Holter, which is that, what we just did, but Sarke, she does the vocals on that, whatever that is, let's look it up. Black Thrash Metal, Evil and Darkness, apparently she sings on that, it's pretty cool. Spell that. She sounds like sounds like she uh, has a pretty open mind <laughs> when it comes to what she sings about. Spell, or, you know. spell that other album or act, what was oh, that? Absolutely, uh, S-A-R-K-E. That's the band, the, or is it the album? That is a band that she also sings on. Okay, cool. Uh, and let me see what the the I guess the albums are. Well, it, there's three different ones, um, but you can just let's just look that up. Uh, it's uh, the one of them is G A S T W E R S O Guest Warso, and she's a singer on tracks four and eight that album just to give you a little taste of it um pretty intense looking shit here echoes from the ancient crucifix nice anyway so just want to give her a little bit of shout out keep calling her the female singer or the lady singer i kind of want to give her a little bit of a little bit of credit a little bit of a shout out just because she does a great job and i 
wanted to actually name her. Lena, <laughs> saying. Lena yeah. and yeah. Jorn crushing it. Yes, absolutely. So good album or great album. So that was a good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, fucking was. I love Jorn. He's a stud. Your boner your boner for Jorn is substantiated. To, to the grave, I'll take that boner. Now, strings, vocals, or sticks, obviously. Well, you know, I have to go with the vocals, although, sure. God, I don't want to sell short the guitarist. Okay. My Lord, that guy was killing. Shredding. Okay, are you ready for me to talk about A Perfect Circle? Yeah. Here we go. Shifting gears. The Hollow, track one, Perfect Circle. Phil, I'd like for you to tell me how you would like me to deliver my review of this album. Would you like me to lead with the conclusion or allow you to form your conclusion as I go along? You could lead with the conclusion. Okay. This album is boring. It is monotonous. I think after the first four or five songs, I would never listen to any of them again at all. You have ripped my heart out of my ass. Um, I was listening to this album, genuinely thinking, does Phil really love this album, or does he just love a couple songs on it? And then that led him to love the whole thing. You really love all of the tracks? I Yeah, I think they're all fucking catchy and and smoldering, and they have such a grab like such a gravitas man such atmosphere wow i don't feel that that. i don't feel it at all i just feel like it's droning like maynard's voice is cool but it just it's the same on every track except for the two or three that i like which are early in the album and then the back half of the album just kind of sounds like the same monotonous roll over and over so my review is the song thomas or uh reinholder is good man boring boring the hollow the hollow track one i was like "Eh, it's cool it's three minutes fine let's go to the next one magdalena i thought pretty cool song good bass riff here early got it got this deep you know kind of dark feel to it but then it picks up and you have a little variation right here with the vocals where he like puts some energy into it and and this got me i like this i was like okay all right I, i could see this being pretty you know driven some energy mm-hmm. here and then that goes into number three rose which i really love I, lo- I this one i get stuck in my head more than any other it starts with this really cool just dark just kind of like ugly feeling vibe here and then the end right here this is an awesome part and exactly what about free leap you don't like free great song. okay so rose great song first three tracks in i'm excited right. i'm doing great then we go to four, Judith. I've heard this song a zillion times on the radio as a kid. It took me right back to listen to HFS in Maryland on the way to high school or whatever. Like, still a great song. Holds up. Really enjoyed it. But all of these first four songs, except maybe the first one, they have some vocal variation, some energy at times that gives like a, a push and a pull. There's some variety to the vocal sound. After this, it's just the same vocal tone like okay here's Orestis this is track uh, five mm-hmm. okay macabre and down tune macabre and down tune I'm fast forwarding like minutes at a time I mean I, I guess there's a little singing here that's not the same um, then I go to three Libras three Libras is okay that's a good one man come on 
down, a good song. Down tune though, same. I mean, it's the same like the whole time. It's atmospheric. You gotta, you gotta appreciate the subtleties, okay? Sleeping Beauty. All right. It's not all candy, okay? There's gotta be some like bells and whistles, as you can tell from the album I recommended to you. It's like, fucking. I obviously have the attention span of a gnat, and I want to have like a new mandolin fly in from left field out of nowhere, and then I want to have a little piccolo, and then I want to have somebody swinging, and then I want to have somebody <laughs> singing about, and then I want to have somebody fucking but, on a trapeze. I want to be at a circus. But do you have the attention span of a knack? Because you like doom metal. You like slow, droney stuff. That's not demanding your attention. It's so true, Phil. I would recommend, if it were actually heavy, I'd recommend this album to you called Wider Than the Sky by 40 Watt Sun, and the first song is 16 and a half minutes, and it's basically the same exact yeah. chord the entire song so it's mr i need bells and whistles that ain't fucking <laughs> that's a fucking piece of drywall that <laughs> that's so true fine. so then i don't know why i don't but i just don't like this album i considered it boring and i'm sorry because i was like i wonder if this is gonna hurt phil's Kill feelings me. or if he agrees that this is just kind of dull but i was like man get me through this i'm not gonna recommend it if it's dull but no you're not gonna hurt my feelings because it's about being brutally honest. Now, I told you too, I was gonna start, I was gonna be a little harsher on things than I had been. I was gonna shit all over, if, if the first song for Dragon Swing of Death was a reflection of the rest of it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna rip this one up. But it wasn't, it was a great fucking album. But I, I will <laughs> do that if you give me something that I don't like that. So, but, so, so I'm totally fine with it. Cause now I know when you like something, you're not just being, you're, it's legit. Everything's honest. You know, you know what totally, you're working with. Totally. I'll tell you. And as a matter of fact, I have listened, for our listeners who check out the most recent episode, you gave me Witchcraft, the album Legend, and I told you I loved it. It was like one of my favorite things you've given me, except for the last two tracks. I considered it an A+. I actually probably, since that episode, have listened to that album more than this one. I, I, I just couldn't get into this one. I gave it five or six full listen-throughs, but every time I was just like, oh, thanks, thank you, that's over. It just <laughs> was just not, it just didn't get me. Maybe it was the key of the music. I don't know. Hey, I, hey, man. I think that I've grown to like Tool because of the musical variation within the songs, and that's what keeps Maynard's vocals from being too often used. I don't know. But tell me, since I shat on it and you'd love it, tell the listeners why you love it. What is it about it that you love? Where did you come across it? Where, how, why does it hold a special place in your heart? I like okay. I like this album so much because first of all, I think it's a very influential album. If you remember when this came out, or if you incorporate that into your analysis, it's a uh, January first, two thousand. It's like the birth of the like new all. You know, a lot of bands like Gemini Syndrome, uh, that band, The Source, Chevelle. I think they take tons of influence from A Perfect Circle. I think they. They, it's got this sort of, like you said, macabre and down tune, um, but not new metal, not that NU new metal. It's just, it's it's almost alt rock, it really is, but um, it's got this sort of dreary realism about it. Um, it's not as quirky as Tool, so it's a little more accessible. But basically, it's, it's it, to me, it's, it's, it's authentic in a way that a lot of rock in that era and even a little bit after it is not authentic. This is all very corporate. This is heartfelt in the same way that grunge was about 10 years before it. And so I, you know, in, in that respect, I think it's, um, I think it deserves praise. And I also do find it 
pretty catchy. I think these songs, some of them are growers, but um, they do grow um, if you water them. No, they do grow on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's, I, I listened to it for a good bit before I really was like, oh, this is great. I should, I should uh, recommend it. Um, so, so was this something that you grew up listening to, or is this a later acquired taste? I grew up listening to a lot of it. I remember back in the day when I used to go on the Game Facts uh, message boards who were always jocking this album. And uh, I remember listening a lot to Judith and Three Libras and The Hollow, or Hollow, but um, I have revisited it probably in the last year. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is an awesome album. So I knew about it, obviously, but... I kind of it was on the back burner, back, 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 back burner for a long time. But you didn't own the, I, you didn't own the physical CD as a kid and spin it out like a million times. Okay, got it. No, nope, got it. But um, but so yeah, and I think it's very influential. It um, and I th I think it's uh I it's cool that and it's very James uh, Maynard Keenan asked to have songs that aren't necessarily ready uh, radio friendly. Um, on a mainstream rock album, you know, I think that's cool. It, it demands your attention and your um, focus, and you have to just let it, let it ride. It's very atmospheric. It's very sad, I guess, in a lot of ways. Very um, empty, but I, it's that's not really outside of the the norm for uh, uh, Maynard, you know. So yeah. I, anyway, a influential grower album. A couple of really good aggressive songs. The rest, the rest are just atmospheric, and I think I think it's pretty neat, man. And well, uh, you hate it. I, I shit on it you. and rip your still beating heart out of your chest. But at least you know I'm honest. So here's the deal, Phil. Oh. I have I have a surprise for you. Okay. Are you ready for the surprise? Yes. Probably the reason we do this show, really comes down to uh, a fellow by the name of Aryan Lucasen, who, because you introduced me to his project, Aryan, A-Y-R-E-O-N, uh, really, I think, if I had to go back, it was probably the first album we bonded over was that Human Equation. Yeah, like, that was probably, the, yeah. That was probably yeah. the quickest thing that we just both immediately were drawn to, and that started our you know, symbiotic love of metal and music that we talk about still, obviously, to this day. And as long as everything holds out, it sounds like Aryan is going to join us on this show sometime later in the year, which I'm just over the moon about. Wow, man. I don't know what the hell I'm going to ask. I, I could probably do a four-hour interview with that guy. Yeah. Oof. As a matter of fact, the reason I'm sharing this with you right now is because it is because of his albums that I even discovered Jorn because he had selected Jorn to sing on one of his albums. So I uncovered and discovered Jorn because of Arden. I mean, the guy who's just like, he, mm -hmm. is, he is the Beethoven of the modern era, in my mind. Yeah, man, uh, there's all kinds of, like, Shadow Gallery I know about because of him, um, Dead Soul Tribe, uh, Psychotic Waltz, a lot of albums that you're, uh, and bands you get interest, uh, interested, or introduced to because of fucking Arden Lutzen. He's like a fucking portal to a bunch of other yes. bands. Yes, And the reason why you're like, you're, you, you, those bands automatically have a credibility because they were selected by him. You're like, well, if, if he picked it, it must be good because he just put them together in this masterpiece. So he obviously knows what he's listening to. 
That's you know? right. That's right. And the reason that I am bringing this up is because I, we're taking a turn on this show, and you are, as my sidecar, you're along for the ride, and we're taking a sharp left. So what we're going to do for the next, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think for the next nine episodes, do you know what we're going to do? What? We're going to review each of Arion's albums in oh, shit. order. We'll look, we'll listen to them together. We'll come together. We'll talk about them, rate them. And at the end, we'll list our favorite in order. Okay. I used to know exactly which would be my favorite, but now there's been some that have come out since that have been supposedly really good. I have so I don't two, know. I have two very distinct leaders vying for the top spot and I can't say which. And I'm interested to see based upon us listening to them and then coming together and talking about them, if it will change our opinion. Because you'll pick up on stuff that I don't see or hear, and I'll pick up on stuff that you kind of are like, oh yeah, that's right. So what we're going to do is next week, we're going to start with, or next episode, The Final Experiment, which came out in 1995. So I'm breaking our rules a little bit, but you know, settle down. Uh, This guy's... He's rap bastard. Yeah, I can bend the rules for me, but not for you, buddy. Fucking hypocrite. All right. (laughs) So Dude, the, we used to jam out the final experiment all the time back in the day. Fuck yeah, Remember, we he did. A, he has a whole acoustic version of the album. The second disc in that physical CD, hell yeah. yeah. How fucking cool is that? So cool. So what I want to do is really dive into, since it's going to be an episode where we're both talking about just one album, though, we're going to dive into it and really talk about the history of it, how it was formed, how he ended up getting people to come talk and sing on the albums, what the album is about, because they're all concept albums and all have stories. So... It'll be a really cool, we're going to call these the Arion years for uh, Alex and, and Phil, and we'll just go through that whole catalog, because I think somebody needs to do it. This is like, there are pieces of art that at some point in time in the future, somebody's going to look back and say, holy shit, that was like Beethoven's symphony. He's got all these musicians and all these singers coming together to put these stories together, and this shit is just game-changing. That's fair to say, man. I'm down with that, because um, I was this an Arion, a fucking... I love them. Me There's, too. I'm excited to get back into into the, the Electric Castle, man. That, that's a fucking solid album. Totally. And I just can't wait for you to hear 011001011. That's one of my that's the second one competing for now for my top spot. So we have a oh, lot yeah. a okay. lot of great stuff to go through. So in the coming weeks for all you out there who are Arion fans or don't know if you are yet, you're going to get a deep dive into some Arion before we talk with Arjun at the end of the year. Okay. That uh, that sounds awesome, man. And I wonder how that stuff's gonna hold up. So cool. I know, right? There's so much depth, and I'm also excited too because I give it uh, give me a chance to listen through these with my kids. My kids actually really enjoy Arion too. So there's a lot of clean singing. If for those of you out there who are not so into the heavy, 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 heavy stuff, there's a lot more clean singing. All right, so w- that is where uh, we're headed next. Right. I'm gonna pull up a Mitch Hedberg quote for us to wrap up, and uh, let me see if I pick a good one. Um. How's this? Is a hippopotamus really a hippopotamus or just a really cool opotamus? Gotta love Mitch. Yep. Any closeout thoughts for us, Phil? Uh, no. No thoughts. I don't have anything in my head right now. You're except f- an idea that's so brilliant that my brain would explode if I even began to know what I was talking about. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, (laughs) Phil. Until the next time, this is the Great Heavy Music Podcast. We'll see you later. See you.